0: In this morning's gospel lesson, Jesus tells us a parable, but before he can even get a word out, Luke has already interpreted it for us. He shows us that what Jesus meant to say was a word of encouragement, that his disciples would remember how important it is not to lose heart and to pray and pray some more, And I wonder whether Luke felt the need to give that little interpretive tip right at the beginning because he knew that the story Jesus uses to get his point across relies on an all-too-familiar image that isn't really very encouraging at all. In a certain city, Jesus says, there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected anyone. How often has that been the case? Throughout the centuries, how often have God's children been subjected to judges or rulers who refused to listen to their cries for justice? How many times has a vulnerable person like that widow been denied the relief that she deserved because the person who could grant it to her didn't care about her or about doing what was right. How often has that happened? Yet, Jesus tells us, because of that widow's persistence, because the judge was afraid that she was going to wear him out by continually coming not because he agreed with her or cared about her, but because he wanted to be rid of her, the judge granted the widow's request. And what is Jesus trying to teach us about God and about prayer? That our God is nothing like that unjust judge. That even though... The people of God know all too well the challenge of finding justice in this life. They are to have hope because our God is a loving God, because our God is a faithful God. That even though the powers of this world might be stacked against them, God's children have faith that their God hears them and will grant relief quickly which means we pray not to convince God to hear us or to annoy God into granting our request, but we pray with confidence that our God hears us and responds to us because God loves us. Then why, O oh God, are your people still waiting? If our God is nothing like that unjust God, unjust judge, then why are so many prayers left unanswered? If it is God's great desire to give relief to those who suffer in this life, then why hasn't God done anything about it? Why must children starve? Why must people be persecuted for their faith, for their race, for their gender, for their sexuality? Why are war and genocide popping up yet again? Why in every generation must people suffer? Maybe, maybe it's because we don't understand timing the way God sees it. Maybe it's because we don't understand what quickly means to God. Or maybe it's because the early Christians didn't really understand what they were telling when they told this story. Maybe it's because they expected the Son of Man to return in a generation or two and set everything right before much time had gone on. But I think... I think it's mostly because Christians like us, followers of Jesus who come largely from privileged backgrounds, it's because we have the luxury of waiting on Jesus to come and fix all those injustices that plague God's people rather than insisting that those who carry out work in his name do something about it themselves. And when the Son of Man comes, Jesus asks, will he find faith on the earth? Well, will he? What is our response to this parable? What do we do with these words? What does a faithful response even look like? We do have hope that Jesus will come back one day and that when he comes, he will make all things right, that justice will reign to the ends of the earth. But we've got to have a hope that is closer to us than a faraway dream. If we're going to take Jesus at his word, if we're going to believe in Jesus, then we have to be sure that God's justice comes to those who cry to God day and night a lot sooner than the end of the world. We must declare that the death and resurrection of Jesus are God's assurance to us that we can afford to risk everything we have in order to carry out that work of justice because we have seen in Jesus that God's resurrection power cannot be defeated. It means that those of us who were born with privilege... Who have access to the courts of justice, to whom leaders listen and give respect, who have the resources to ensure our own security, it means that we must be stewards of that privilege and give our voice to the voiceless ones, our power to those who have been shut out, our resources to those who endure without them. Doesn't that sound like the mission of this church? Isn't that what it means to be a part of what God is doing in and through St. Paul's? God has given us a wonderful message of hope and we have accepted God's call to carry that message out into the world in both word and deed. We trust that God's reign will come. We have hope that is bigger than this life. But we also know that because of the Holy Spirit's power, God is bringing that reign of justice to this world through us. Our justice for all ministry is about advocating for the fair and humane treatment of those who are in jail. Our sanctuary ministry is about giving a voice to our silent strangers among us so that the world might remember that God loves the immigrant too. Community meals is about far more than providing food to those who are hungry. It's about giving respect and dignity to our neighbors ministries and organizations like Seven Hills Homeless Center and Magdalene Serenity House were born in this congregation because the people of this church believe that our loving God's promise of hope and justice belong to all people not just in the eschaton but here and now. And yet if we hear we can hear God's people crying out day and night Because that work of justice isn't done yet. There's more work for God and God's people to do. And what is Jesus' message to us? Don't lose heart. Don't give up. Keep praying. Jesus has given us a glimpse of what God's reign of justice looks like when it comes to this earth. And in Jesus' resurrection, God has given us the power to make that reign manifest here among us. If you're a part of this church, you are a part of that work. So give yourself to it again and again until our Savior comes. For when he comes, he will find faith on the earth.